Hello, friends. Welcome to worship. Bienvenidos a todas nuestra familia. Welcome to our family. We are so grateful that you've joined us. And we thought it might be helpful to just give you a little bit of context of who we are as a church and who's been interacting with you across the screen um, over the last few weeks. My name is Beth, and I have the privilege to be part of the Heritage Pastoral Team. And um, I have with me today uh, Steve Abel, our campus pastor at Rock Island, and Luke Friedline, our student ministries pastor. And they've been giving uh, leadership to our worship um, experiences over the last few weeks. You know, Heritage is one church in many locations. And so you may have noticed um, that I greeted you in Spanish and that we have Spanish subtitles and we just sing in Spanish um, whenever we can. And we do that on purpose because we have a bilingual campus called Vida Nueva that meets at our Esperanza Center in Moline. And so we want to connect in the heart language of our family who speak Spanish. And so we do that intentionally. We also have a campus in Bettendorf, Iowa, across the Mississippi River, uh, the Rock Island campus uh, in Illinois. And then we have a campus at the Kiwani Life Skills Reentry Center. And we just want to say hello to our guys there and say we love you and we miss you and we are praying for you. Um, so as we engage in this space of worship, we thought that it would be really helpful to just have a little conversation about what we're inviting um, all of you into and what we're inviting you to invite your family into when we are worshiping together. And so um, what... It, in the midst of this pivot that we've all experienced in worship and what, what that looks like and feels like, it's different, um, what are the opportunities that you're seeing uh, for us to all experience differently as we worship our loving Father? Yeah, I think one of the great opportunities that we have is to just kind of reframe really what we understand worship to be. Um, a lot of times we can think worship is a, a, a space and a time to go to. Uh, we can go to church. Uh, we have a, a, a time that is set aside specifically just for that. And really what this whole pivot has done has, has freed us up, I think, to say worship can is it's supposed to happen really anytime. And while we have these, these kind of set times that we're gathering together, as uh, as a church to to sing and to learn together um it, it happens in our our homes our spaces that we're in kind of all the time especially right now as we're kind of told to be home all the time so you can't really like go and do this thing it really is just in the space that you already live in all the time and so i think that's a great way to always just think about worship it's something that actually should happen all the time so it gives us a great opportunity to to step into that in a new way and so we have worship on the weekend that we invite people to experience, and also at 12 o'clock on Tuesdays um, and 7 o'clock on Thursday nights on our Facebook Live. We just try to create more space to engage intentionally in worship. Um, what are some practical things that we can do to prepare ourselves or our families to engage in worship more fully? Yeah, I can speak from personal experience to say that. It it's going to be really easy as we're engaging online, even though we are a gathered body worshiping the same God. It's pretty easy just to kind of sit back and watch TV. But the beautiful thing is that even though we aren't in physical space together, we still are the corporate body, and we still get to worship and lift up the name of Jesus together. So a few helpful things that have been beneficial for me is just get dressed. You know, don't sit in your PJs and watch it. Although if that's your thing, that's fine. But it's helped me just kind of get back that normalcy that I have when I gather with my church family. And another thing is just sing the songs out loud. Um, the songs we, we are singing, a lot of them are sung prayer. And there's so much beauty when we as, as one church family lift up the name of Jesus in unison together. 
Yeah, a tip that I would just add to that is really this is a great opportunity to to try something new, to try some different postures and and act actions that you haven't maybe tried before. So if you're not really a singer, this is a great time to sing because there's there's nobody around necessarily to judge you about that. And and worship is never a time that, that judgment happens because it's really just God wanting to connect with you as you're connecting with him. So so try. So sing. Uh, read the words off the screen. Maybe stand, move a little bit, raise a hand, any of those types of things. Those actions, those body postures can really help us engage and connect with God in, in new ways and just experience him in, uh, in a new and a fresh uh, way to do that. So no matter how you're joining with us, whether it's on your TV screen, your phone, your laptop, whatever it is, I hope that you feel ready to worship our King of Kings, our Lord of Lords, the Most High God. Let's worship together. Allow the words of Psalm 130 to minister to your soul. Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you, there is forgiveness so that we can with reverence serve you. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word, I put my hope. I wait for the Lord. More than watchmen wait for the morning. More than watchmen wait for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all of their sins. Friends, I invite you to begin to position your hearts around the psalmist words, that, that you would wait before the Lord, that you would begin to trust his timing, to trust his strength, to trust that he will see his purposes through to the end. So let's lift our voices together in worship.
Let's declare this, that we're going to see a victory in the name of Jesus. And I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. And for the battle belongs to you, Lord. And I'm going to see a victory. And I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Sing, the weapon may be formed. The weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Cause the God I serve knows only how to triumph Oh my God will never fail No He won't Cause my God will never fail I'm gonna see, I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory For the
pray together. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we come to you saying, God, there are so many things in this world that can vie for our, our attention and our focus, but we have chosen and are choosing today to say we are putting our focus and attention solely and only on you. How that you are the one true rock, the solid foundation upon which we can build our lives upon. Not the other things of this world, but God, only and solely on you. And so, Father, continue to speak to us as we open your word here together. Let me pray this all in your name. Amen. I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord God, the one who made all things. Okay, great. So we are rolling. Here we go in three, two, and one. Yeah. Okay. So we're uh, we're rolling. Here we uh, here we go. We are rolling. Well, hey friends. Uh, have you ever noticed what goes unnoticed when we're on our phone? Every time we look down we actually lose sight of what's happening around us. We, we miss out and even find ourselves unprepared to respond in any given dynamic. And if we're not careful in some of those circumstances, we can find ourselves in greater difficulty for not being ready. Let me show you just a few examples right now. Every time we look down, we lose the ability to see what's happening around us, and we can miss out. Maybe your family's like mine where you found yourself in a room at one point, and all of us in the same room are looking down on devices, on computers, all at the same time. There's actually nothing inherently wrong with that, but it does come at a cost. We miss out on opportunities. We're not prepared to respond. There is a space whenever we're looking down that we're actually missing out. It can happen when we're reading, it can happen when we're writing, but most often it seems to happen when we're on our phones where we're trying to do more than one thing at a time. I actually came across some statistics recently. It says that 50% of us have walked into someone or something while on our cell phone and that 60% of us have dropped this thing on our face. Anybody care to admit that? <laughs> I've done it at least once. 
There's a survey that actually says there's an increase in facial, eye, neck, ear, nose injuries in the last 20 years, all connected to people being distracted while driving, walking, talking, texting on their cell phone. <laughs> Listen, we miss out, we lose sight of seeing what's around us when we're looking down. Now, why do I share all this with you? Why is it important? Well, because where we look determines what we experience. Where you and I look often determines what we experience in life. It, and if we're not careful, it can actually create other problems or other issues for us as we're navigating. See, where we look often determines what we experience, and it can be things that are good or things that are bad. But one of the realities about God that we really need to understand if we're going to lean into a relationship with Him is found in Psalm chapter 3, verse 3, where the psalmist declares something about God. He says, But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory, and the lifter of my head. That's an incredibly important reality for you and I to understand, that He is the one who lifts our head. Because when our head is down, that's when we stumble, that's when we trip, that's when we fall, that's when we miss out. We can get knocked out in that dynamic. and We can't get ahead when our head is down. It's actually where we get stuck, stuck in the past, stuck in hiding from the future. Yet God wants to lift our heads. He wants to lift our heads when we're discouraged, when we're defeated, when we've experienced tragedy, or whether we're struggling with feeling shame over things we've experienced or done. It's, it's awesome to understand that He wants to lift our head, but it's important we understand how He actually does it so we can experience it fully. You know, last week as our journey through Easter weekend and we celebrated the life and death and resurrection of Jesus, we took a moment to understand that because Jesus lived and died and rose again, He was actually positioned as a risen Lord to cover our past, present, and future. That when we live in Him, which means we give Him authority, we, we follow Him, we, we are faithful to Him, when we give Him our lives and live in Him, we can experience peace in any of these seasons, in any of these dynamics, and He can even rewrite our history. He gives us the opportunity to experience life beyond. But that's not a once and done moment. It's actually a process of continually looking to Him and engaging Him, seeking His face, looking to Him as the one who lifts our head. But I'm going to tell you, I think if we're all honest, we know that this life can come along with a lot of pain and a lot of hardship that can cause us to look elsewhere. We can turn to look at ourselves and rely on ourselves. We can look towards a substance for some kind of stability. We can head towards retribution or, or retaliation. We can even try to find some sense of control in an addiction or an unhealthy behavior. Yet, where we look determines what we experience. And when we look to God, He's the one who lifts our head. We don't have to look to other places. We can look to Him. And we don't have to have this all figured out on our own. We don't have to do any of this on our own. He invites us into relationship and life. So my question for you and I today is, where do we go? Where do we look? When things in life go sideways, when we get knocked down, when, when circumstances come crashing down around us, where do we look? Where do you look? You know, the Bible is a place that we can go in any circumstance because it not only shows us 
what to do, but where to look in any given dynamic. And in the book of Psalms, the psalmist actually identifies a very specific invitation for how we handle the things that we bump into, where we look. In Psalm 121, it says this, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? That's a great question for all of us. He says, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. That simple declaration from the psalmist is powerful. And this psalm is actually the second in a series of psalms uh, that are, is called a song of ascents. And it's actually thought to be used by travelers in any journey, in any location, to declare their confidence in God's protection as they would walk by faith with Him in that journey. Some people think that it's actually a soldier's psalm where there is a sense that there is more danger than we're aware of, and yet when we put our trust and faith and confidence in God, He provides protection in the midst of those dynamics. But whatever the original context is, it's a very clear and simple and powerful reminder for any circumstance, any occasion, and for us today, because it positions us to ask ourselves the question, where do we look? Where do we look in difficulty? It matters. The answer actually matters. When bad things happen, where do you look? You may be familiar with a picture that was taken a few years ago of a father and a son at a baseball game. Um, if you know anything about baseball, you know that sometimes in baseball things end up in the stands. And I'm not talking about t-shirts from t-shirt cannons or beach balls. I'm talking about baseballs and baseball bats. And in this particular occasion, and in other occasions, when those things enter into the stands, there's a dangerous element to it, and things can be painful, depending on how it all works out. Well, again, a few years ago, there was a moment like this that was captured. Let me just show it to you in this picture. In this picture, you see the baseball bat heading towards the fans. You can see a boy, and you can see an arm in front of his face. That arm is the, is the arm of his dad, and his dad is averting disaster. He's making sure that this special and best of days for them as a father and son doesn't turn into one of their worst days. And it's actually pretty impressive how he reaches out and deflects the bat. But it's still a bit of a rough moment because the boy takes a forearm and an elbow to the face from his dad. Yet it's better than taking the bat to the face. But I want you to understand and look at what the boy was doing. Did you see? Let me show you the, the first picture again. Do you see it? What's he doing? He's on his, on his phone. See, where we look determines what we experience. Now, in all fairness, in an interview after the fact, this boy was saying that he was texting his mom and his sister about this special day, sending them a picture from he and his dad in this space. But regardless of that, the principle still stands. Where we look determines what we experience. Where we look matters. Where we focus, where we put our trust, where we look in time of need actually matters. And when we're willing to look to God, He lifts our head and He's a shield. Not that much unlike the father who reached out in this moment to protect his son. So again, my question is, where do you look? Or better yet, when life comes crashing down around you, or when something comes flying out of left field, or when you're throwing a curved ball or perhaps a curved bat, where do you look? Who do you turn to? See, when bad things happen to us and to others, and they will and they do,
we get to choose where we look. We, we get to choose who we look to. We don't get to choose necessarily what happens, but we get to choose where we look when those things do happen. And when, when we do, we're actually deciding who we turn to for help and for answers. We get to choose who we look to. And if we're willing to look to God in any given circumstance, He helps, He shields, He reaches by His strong arm. There's actually another passage in Scripture uh, written by the prophet Isaiah who, who speaks about the reality of, of God's strength and His arm. Here's what he says in Isaiah chapter 59. Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. He's saying that God's not lost his power. He is able. He's still strong enough to save. But then he says in verse 2, But your iniquities, which is really just a fancy word for sin, your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. We've all missed the mark in our lives with God. We've all fallen short of His standard and goal. And anytime we do, anytime we sin, that actually blocks our relationship with Him. Yet He loved us enough not to leave us in that space. He loved us enough to send His Son Jesus so that we could experience life. It, it, what we celebrated last weekend in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus is really the story of God seeking to extend His strong arm, to be a shield, and to lift our heads. He wants to do those things, but He can only do it when we choose to follow Jesus. And He can give us peace in every season of life, but it comes when we accept Jesus as Savior and Lord. That's where we experience the fullness of His strength. That's where we experience the fullness of His power. But sin gets in the way of all that. It's sin that trips us up. It's sin that keeps our head down and separates us from God unless we have laid hold of Jesus, unless we have chosen Him to be our Savior and Lord. And then God lifts our head. For it was Jesus who on the cross leveraged all that He was for all that we could be if we will allow Him to lift our head because He is the one who is our help. He is the one who overcame sin and he overcame death and he offers us power and life now. He promises to never leave us or forsake us so he's with us always and his arm is not too short to save from whatever we have, are, or will face in this life. We can look to Jesus. You can look to him. If we set aside everything that gets in the way, everything that is, keeps us from focusing on him, then we can lean in fully with Him. But we have to choose to look to Him first. In fact, God is able to do more when we look to Him first. He's able to do more in us and through us when we look to Him first. When we give Him authority, when we make Him priority, when we give Him time and we sit next to Him, we sit in proximity to Him. He wants to extend His strong arm. He is able. He is able to do more in and through us when we look to Him first. In fact, I want to check out something else in Scripture. This is actually found in the book of Hebrews, which is in the New Testament, kind of towards the, the back of the New Testament. And, and in it is a very clear invitation not to be people who look down, but people who look up. 
who fix our eyes differently as we journey through life, as we run the race of life, and we can do so with freedom and hope and joy. So here's what it says in Hebrews chapter 12, starting verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, he's talking about those of the faith who have gone before us, says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. If we're going to run and not stumble, if we're going to walk and not trip up in this life, we have to be a people who are willing to set aside everything that gets in the way, everything that entangles us, set aside everything that would take priority ahead of Him. I mean, runners and sprinters do this all the time. When they enter into a race space, they enter into a stadium, they're bringing bags and headphones and track gears and jackets and sweats, and they bring all that into the space, but before they race, they take it all off and they set it all aside. And they get down on the starting block. And they don't get to pick the starting point, but they get to pick the starting posture. And when they take out of the blocks, they're looking down initially, but then they get up to speed. And you know where they look after that? It's towards the finish. They look towards the goal, which is exactly what we're invited to do in the next part of the scripture. Verse 2, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, the one who authors our faith, the one who refines our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That's exactly what we talked about and celebrated last weekend at Easter. There are things in this life and this world where we will experience difficulty and hardship, but there are these things in life where God wants to extend His strong hand, His arm. There are things that have occurred in our life. There are things that will occur in our life. If we're willing to look to Jesus, look to Him first, there is a righteous arm that comes before, that deflects and blocks and changes the dynamic that we can experience in life. If we'll fix our eyes on Jesus, He lifts our head. He is our shield. And we can actually survive the difficulties and even thrive within them by His power at work within us. Because where we look determines what we experience. So here's the thing for me, when we experience circumstances in life that are overwhelming, when we're processing stuff that seems to chew up so much headspace we can't think about any way, anything else, or we can't even see a way forward in those dynamics, it's important to remember that in Jesus, when we look to Him first, we actually can. That He is the one who wants to lift our head if we will set aside the stuff that gets in the way. We'll set aside the sin, the stuff that doesn't please Him, the stuff that we know we shouldn't be doing, and we fix our eyes. and focus on Him. Then we live in freedom. Then He lifts our head. And you may be thinking, hey, it's not as easy as you're saying. And I'm going to tell you, I know it's hard. I, I get that it's hard. There is pain, there is disappointment, there is sorrow, and there is tragedy. It is hard. But it is a lot harder on our own without Him. Without Him, we take the bat to the face. With Him, we may not always understand because life is hard. Sometimes what God is doing or what He is allowing doesn't feel good. We take an elbow to the face, so to speak. But He Himself is good. And whatever He does is for our good, even if it's difficult. I think you might find it helpful to hear the story of a friend of mine named Tony as he has walked through some of the realities that we've been talking about today. So just sit back for a few moments and take a look at this.
Martin is a loving kid. I'm just thankful that I was able to be a father to him. I love him, man. I, I had a missed call, a missed call from him. And I said, hey, son, I texted him. I said, hey, son, you okay? I never got a response from him. Um, and, and, and a few, few hours later, uh, I looked out, I was upstairs, I looked out my window, and I saw uh, two police cars uh, outside. And, uh, and they came, I, I watched them walk to my door, and the police officer asked me, so are you uh, Marty's dad? Um, and I said, yes, sir. And he said, uh, So he told me that uh, he was gone. Yeah, he said that the uh, the person who took his life was did it on purpose. That I had just had lunch with my son. Uh, the day, the day before, in less than 24 hours, he's he's gone. I, I just fell to my wall and just in disbelief, you know. And I cried and I cried and I cried and cried because I had to go. <laughs> I had to call his mother. I had to call my son. He lived right in town and didn't know. <laughs> and my daughter. So it's hard. The 911 call was that, and it said that he saw this big black, tall black man in the middle of the road. He was going to floor it. Basically, he said he was going to run him over. His car was 15 more feet away from my son. It wasn't like he couldn't go around him or turn around. He decided he wanted to go over him. And that's exactly what he did. jury found him guilty. The judge decided we want to give him three years probation. That's what we walked away with. There were some dark times in that time in that space uh, for me as a, as a, as a person. Yeah, I look back at uh, where I could have been, where I could have gone, um, and what God actually brought me out of that, you know, um, hatred, anger. Looking back at all that, right, where where I was, where I could have been, to where I'm at now, 
man, I can't say anything but give God all the glory for that. I think he, it, it definitely surrounded me with a lot of friends that was there for me through them circumstances, just to be there, just to get, just offer love and, and a helping hand uh, to encourage me. Um, that's a, that meant the world to me, to, to, to surround myself with a foundation of Christian brothers and sisters uh, to help me through those tough times. It's not easy to forgive someone uh, at that caliber when you your son is gone and just uh, come to a place of forgiveness. I have to know what God means, what that means to God is to forgive. Um, I believe that in my heart that I've totally, totally forgiven that person. And if I were to see him today, we have a conversation a conversation about God. That's where I, that's what I believe in my heart. I believe that that man has a soul. And I believe God can use that man for his purpose and his glory. And there's always hope in Jesus Christ. No matter what you're going through, lean into Jesus and, and surrounding yourself with the right people that's going to help you grow we need that. My name is Tony East, and this is my resurrection story. It's got to be incredibly difficult and painful to process the loss of a child, especially lost in the way that Tony lost his son. I can only begin to imagine the, the difficulty of that journey. But one of the most striking things for me about Tony's story and his experience is that as a father who lost his son, Tony looked to his heavenly father who gave us his son and that made all the difference. The difference between continuing forward and giving up. The difference of barely surviving versus actually leaning into thriving in amidst the difficulty and the hardship. Where we look determines what we experience. And Tony chose to look to God. To forgive like Tony did, that's supernatural. That doesn't come from looking down. That comes from looking up from fixing our eyes on Jesus, letting God be the one who lifts our head in any circumstance, to be able to lean into difficulty and hardship and to offer grace and forgiveness, that's supernatural. It comes from a forward focus of fixing our eyes on Jesus, the one who endured the cross and who gives us life even in death. We can't move forward looking backwards. It doesn't work that way. And you and I don't get to dictate to the one who saves how he saves. We don't even get to determine the timing and the details of things. We simply get to choose where we look. We get to choose who we look to. And if we, if, if you are willing to look to him in any circumstance, in any occasion, to look to God as Tony did, you will find that he is your help and he is your shield and he is the lifter of your head. You know, 
when circumstances get difficult, we always have the option of looking to Jesus. If we will set aside the stuff that gets in the way of relating to him, everything that entangles, if we do and if we let him lift our head, we can experience the fullness of what it means to walk in relationship to God. Our part is to choose who and where we look. And if we're willing to look to him in the lowest of lows and in the highest of highs, he will prove himself to be the lifter of your head in any dynamic. Until we actually look to Jesus, we won't be able to look back at past, present, or future and see what could be or should be in it. There are times and spaces that we need to look back to be honest about where we've been and what we've done. And there are times we need to look within ourselves now to be honest about who we really are. There are also appropriate moments to look towards the future, to be honest about the trajectory of our lives. But our ability to look at those will always be limited until we look to Him first. When we look to Him first, He is able to do more in us and through us for His glory as a shield and as the one who is the lifter of our heads. If we look to Him first, there is freedom and hope. When we don't, that's when our, our heads get stuck in a downward position and we miss out and we lose the ability to see the opportunities and the trajectory of life that God offers to us. You know, I'm convinced that God is looking for people to do the miraculous and the impossible through. But far too often, we're willing to settle for pursuing what we can do in and of ourselves. Yet there is a space that if we look up, if we choose Him even in the valley, in any problem, in any opportunity, He lifts our head and He uses our faithfulness for even greater things. But we have to choose where we look. And we have to choose to look to Him first. And my prayer is that you will do that today. I want to take a moment to pray and invite you to join me as I do right now. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we look to you today. We lift your name. We lift you high in the lowest valley and we sing for joy in all things because you are the one who is our shield. You are the one who is the lifter of our head and your arm is not too short. So today, we declare our trust in you. We count on you. We rely on you and we look to you in all things. We love you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. And I count on one thing The same God that never fails Will not fail me now You won't fail me now In the waiting The same God is never late Is working all things out He's working all things out Cantaré, aunque esté en la valle, sí lo haré, te exaltaré, sí lo haré, cantaré, aunque esté sufriendo con fe.
same God that never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God is never late, is working all things out, working all things out. Oh, yes, I will lift you high in the truth that we just declared and sang about, that I choose to praise, I choose to worship you, Jesus, no matter the circumstances. And we can sing those songs in faith because we know that God is faithful and he keeps his promise. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says this, for all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. I love that verse, declaring that God, all of his promises, God has fulfilled through his, his son, Jesus, who spilled his blood for you and for me. So we're going to teach you guys a new song today that declares that truth, that, that God is faithful yesterday, today, and forever. He keeps his promises. He continues to keep his promises throughout generations. So as we sing this song together, Let's sing these words out loud, declaring them over our families, over our situations and our circumstances. And let's lift our hands and surrender to Jesus, saying, yes, amen. God, I will put my faith and trust in you. Let's sing this together.
grace You brought me out of darkness You have filled me with peace Giver of mercy You're my help in time of need Lord, I can't help but sing joined us today. Hopefully you tried one of those tips for engaging in worship a little bit deeper that we gave you at the beginning of service and hopefully you met with God in a new and unique and deeper way as you did just that. We also want to thank you for your continued partnership with us as we love and serve these communities and these quad cities that we all get to call home. So no matter where you are today, no matter where you find yourself, the invitation again 
is to lift your head, look to God, and see the great things that He's going to do in and through you. We'll see you back here next week.